Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast, where we only talk sports. I'm your host, Will Gardner. I'm excited I went to rehab, and now I'm fired up again. And I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. That, that old smoke, he needs to retire, dude. Just get the f- out of the league. Thank you. I am blessed to be on this podcast. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Gardner, and today we have episode 56 coming at you. I am joined by one guest today, so let's go ahead and meet him. Very good, very great, very dapper, very handsome, very intelligent co-host. Now I'm fired up again, and I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. I'm not from Michigan, I'm from Detroit. Please welcome Charlie Grace. Today, I am joined by my one and only co-host, Charlie Grace, today for episode 56. Charlie, how are we doing on this uh, Thursday evening? We had two snow days in a row. Today was the second, so it's been, it's been good. But how, how are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing great. I'm, um, I mean, I've just been chilling at home, taking it back, relaxing, you know, deep, deep, deep into the snow day feeling. Just chilling, you know, taking my break as a as it as it should be. Oh, absolutely, I hundred percent agree. I've been doing the exact same thing, but we do have some business to attend to here in episode fifty six. Not a whole bunch coming at you guys today. Should be a little bit shorter. Pro Bowl is happening actually right now on ESPN. It's in Las Vegas, so the Pro Bowl is happening. But this weekend, no NFL. College basketball is still on. Hey. NBA, NHL. Yeah, big college basketball game tonight, Arizona-UCLA. Mm, absolutely, UCLA uh, won the first matchup. Now going back. Yeah, I mean, literally last – I think they played on a week or two ago. Yeah, I feel like they played really I think recently. it was. I think it was last week. And it's funny, they were, um, they were just in different rankings last week. I think Arizona was three and UCLA was seven, and now they're the opposite. So mm. it just flip-flopped. And the first matchup was – at UCLA, I want uh, to say. I'm not entirely sure. I thought it was at Arizona. No, I know. I think you're right. I think because it was it was way late. It was at like um 11. Yeah, the first one was at UCLA. This one's at Zona. But uh, absolutely, it should be a fantastic game. So today, new segment, bum of the week, and we're gonna go into a little little spiel here. Obviously, everyone's heard the news about. You know, we'll get to that in a second. But we're going to go with who's the GOAT of each of the – we picked out the main six sports in America. We're going to run through that real quick. So let's jump into our first segment of the day. Stephen Curry breaks the three-point NBA record. Dolphins uh, fire Brian Flores. Georgia wins the national championship. Breaking news. The news for the week of February 3rd, the Chicago Bears, moving on from Matt Nagy, they have hired Matt 
Eberflus. I believe he was the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts coming over to Chicago now. Looking to revamp that team. Baltimore Ravens hire former Michigan defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who left Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines for an NFL job. And quite frankly, I don't blame him. Kevin Colbert, the Pittsburgh Steelers GM, is stepping down. He's been their GM for a while, won a couple Super Bowls. He is stepping down, so change at the top for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Giants are hiring Brian Dabble as their head coach. Dabble, I believe he was he's on the Buffalo Bills staff. Charlie, do you know his position? I want to say D.C. for Buffalo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm not um, entirely sure. Uh, but, yeah, Giants hire him. I mean, some of these hirings, we'll get to another one in a second. I just don't think they're the best guys on the market, to be honest. I mean, Eric Benemi, not sure if he wants to leave Kansas City, but Brian Flores is still – I mean, even David Culley from Houston was really, really good. And then you have guys that you could get back in the game, like um, David Caldwell, former Detroit coach, really solid coach. I mean, there's just a bunch you, of guys out Jim there. Caldwell? That you, Jim Caldwell, yeah, yeah, Jim Caldwell. I was like, so I was, I was like, who's Dave Caldwell? So <laughs> yeah, I just mixed up the names, but yeah, Jim yeah. Caldwell. I mean, these, I'm sure these guys are solid coaches, but I feel like there's just way, way better options out there. I guess we'll have to wait and see. The big, 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 big news this week. Tom Brady, TB12, the GOAT, is retiring. Personally, I was not a huge fan of Tom Brady throughout my career. No, I mean, throughout his career. Right? I, I hated Tom Brady on the Patriots. I thought he was a scumbag. When he moved to Tampa Bay, I kind of felt like the same thing happened to me with LeBron. I used to be, I used to hate LeBron. Like on the Heat and the Cavs, I was like, dude, this guy's like just a prick who thinks he can whatever. But then, you know, when you get older and they get to, like, their final destination, it's kind of like, hey, I mean, maybe they're not so bad. And, and they're showing, you know, that they're not – they're just a human being. They're not a bad person. And I think Tom Brady really changed in Tampa. He was more relaxed um, or almost like – I mean, more of like a menace kind of too. I mean, it was just more fun to mm-hmm. watch too because it was also like – he wasn't like this, you know, oh, super dominant, always same Patriots. It was like a new thing. And I, I didn't hate him as much nearly in the Bucks as I did. On the Patriots. Yeah, I think as you get older, like myself as a sports fan, you begin to appreciate like just how like insane he actually was. I never once in my entire life rooted for Tom Brady, but I am sad to see him leave because it marks the end of an era for the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Eli Manning are all out of the league along with Tom Brady. It's really the end of an era, end of an era that we, Charlie and myself, grew up watching. So that part is sad, and I will. I, I mean, this is really strange for me to say, but I will miss watching Tom Brady on Sundays. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was it was really weird thinking that that was his last game. Matthew Stafford was the last person to beat Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, I I mean, obviously he probably wanted to go out on a better note, but then you have to look and say, well, can he win another Super Bowl? I just don't see that being the case. So I'm sure he would have liked to go out better, but. Not that really was not an option for him, but obviously he's he's the go to the NFL, uh, mm-hmm. absolute legend. Tom Brady is retiring. Las Vegas Raiders got their head coach, and this was probably the head coach signing I was like happiest about, and I thought was the best. Raiders hired Josh McDaniel McDaniels, 
longtime New England Patriots offensive coordinator who was fantastic. He worked with Brady. And then this year, I thought he was really, really good in working with Mac Jones, getting him into the flow of things. I thought what him and Mac Jones accomplished this season was actually really, really impressive. So this is a very, very solid hire for Las Vegas. The Bengals and the Rams are set to meet in the Super Bowl. The Rams defeated the Bucket. No, Rams defeated the 49ers. Sorry, I was thinking a week back. And the Bengals defeated the Chiefs. They completed a comeback in Arrowhead. I did not think they were going to be able to do that. Bengals continue to shock the entire world. Joe Burt and Joe Shiesty doing a fantastic. I mean, just Bengals are proving everyone wrong, but the Rams are a very solid team. So, of course, we will have our Super Bowl special next week mm-hmm. for you, guys. you know you, you you know what's up caleb williams the freshman from oklahoma is now transferring to usc he's gonna follow his coach lincoln riley over there i just i mean I, yeah, you go first you go first well i was just gonna say i think this move makes usc the favorites out there in the pack so they poached a, you know a decent amount of other oklahoma players and this was a solid roster to begin with. I think this makes USC easy favorites in the Pac-12. No, I was just, um, I was just saying. I mean, obviously, a lot of guys must have had a pretty good connection to Lincoln Riley because, really, their whole program. I mean, kind of not. I mean, not whole program, but like a lot of their program really just left. A lot of the talent went to USC too, and so I mean, I, I, I mean, a lot of coaches. Like, I mean, you saw Brian Kelly. I don't really think any guys transferred to LSU. Notre Dame I mean a couple decommitted but I mean only maybe like a couple coaches like one coach maybe left to LSU or something but I mean there obviously must have been a much greater connection with Lincoln Riley because he got a whole swarm to come with him to USC I mean it's also a great location compared to Oklahoma but it's still like it just kind of blows my mind how much more of a attraction he brought than you know someone like Brian Kelly oh absolutely I think you know, I think Lincoln Riley is a more likable guy for younger students. I mean, he is a younger guy than, say, like Brian Kelly. So I think that's part of the attraction there is, you know, play for younger coach. I mean, I mean, you see younger coaches in every league now are kind of taking over. Sean McVay and Zach Taylor, the two coaches in the Super Bowl, both under mm-hmm. 40 years old. Lincoln Riley also super young. So that is kind of the trend. No, I mean... Yes, we love older coaches. They have a lot of wisdom, but no one really wants to play for an older coach anymore besides, yeah. you know, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Of course, they're exceptions, but it definitely I seems mean, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, someone like Tom Izzo, Coach K. I feel Tom like... Tom Izzo, ex- like, exactly. Pop, you know, like, um, whatever. I feel like it just depends on, like, you know, the wisdom, too. I mean, if you're just going to be an old, grumpy guy, I don't, you know, no one's just going to want to get yelled at, you know, for four years in college, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think younger coaches is definitely the the wave that's taking over at the moment. Mm-hmm. The Broncos announced their franchise is for sale, so new management for Denver. Brian Flores, another younger coach, is suing the NFL for, I believe this was, I don't know the exacts of the case, but paying him to lose games and then firing him and then, what was it, discrimination when other teams were looking to hire him, I believe, was the exact. Uh-huh. Brian Flores still looking for a job. Houston Texans are reportedly interested in him, but he is now suing the NFL. So we'll see what happens there. The Washington football team has rebranded. They are now the Washington Commanders. Charlie, they revealed their uniforms. They revealed their logo, which is still just a W. 
But uh, Charlie, what do you think about this swap? Um, I'm not entirely in favor of the name. I mean, I, I don't really know. Well, what, what, what do you think? I mean, I think there are better options for sure. I mean, I don't think the team has a good color scheme to begin with, so it's kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an ugly color scheme. It's just like Commanders. It just seems like it seems like the off-brand version in the movie with the you know what I mean? Like the movie makes the name of like your team instead of being like the actual team. They like they do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think their uniforms are pretty solid. I thought they're solid uniforms, but the logo is pretty basic, and the, the color scheme isn't great. And I think the name is kind of silly. I don't like love the Commanders as a team name, but it's not. It's not terrible. It could have been way worse for sure. I honestly like the football team. Like I really no, it's starting to grow on me. No, I'm dead serious. I like. I really? have nothing against it. I, I didn't like the football team. That's so basic. Like, you have no one else o- Oakland team. Athletics is really basic, but I, I like the o- Oakland Athletics. Yeah, eventually you know. it grow on you, and, like, people don't they, even but realize. The, the Athletics have, like, the cool elephant logo, too, and the Athletics have a good color scheme, unlike the you know, water. They have the elephant? They just have the A. Yeah, but their side logo is the elephant. That's like Yeah, but no one really sees that. Everyone just sees the A. Yeah, but, the, the, you know, green and yellow is a great color scheme, too. I honestly I, I, like the color scheme better with the football team. The commanders, it just looks like a cheap like name and brand altogether. You know what it looks like? It looks like if you're playing Madden franchise and you relocate your team. Yeah, and it's no, like it's one that. of the preset teams. Yeah. That. yeah. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh showed some interest in going to Minnesota for that head coaching job, but he is back. I don't know whether or not Michigan fans should be happy or sad. I think they've been kind of brainwashed because Jim Harbaugh had one good season, one one singular game against Ohio State, and now they think he's their Lord and Savior. Where you know the previous years he had been absolutely terrible, and he's zero and two versus Mel Tucker at an inferior recruiting school in Michigan State. So I I think Michigan fans at the moment are happy that Harbaugh's back, but I don't know if they're going to stay happy because I really don't think he's going to be able to beat Ohio State again in his tenure. At Michigan, Charlie, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Talk about him later. People, people. Um, I'll get into it a little more later, but it's just like yeah. people already have Michigan after one good year. Like it, after one good year, they already have them favorites. Like they already have them. Like uh, whatever preseason top five again, and it's just like really like we're gonna go back after one year. It's um, it's whatever. But just like you know, it was like finally like Michigan was not ranked in the top twenty-five going into a season. And it was like finally, like they're getting like, they're not, you know, what I mean, they're not just getting into Michigan, and then you know they do it once, and now it's like, you know. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. The Vikings, well, last news thing here: Vikings hire Kevin O'Connell after Harbaugh was not coming. So that wraps up our new segment. Now we're gonna hop into our second segment here. Welcome to the historic, illustrious club. This is the club that everybody wants to be in. JSP Bone of the Week. Russell Westbrook. Mario Cristobal. Absolute clown. Absolute fool. Dave Gentleman. Joe Judge. is an absolute idiot. He's a very consistent bum. 
Palm of the Week, Charlie. Let's go. Charlie, I'm going to let you lead off with your Palm of the Week. We just mm-hmm. talked about him, but I know you have more to say. So, obviously, you know, going back to it, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, this dude, like, what was he even thinking? He was like, you know, <clears throat> no, maybe I'll go to the NFL. And then, I mean, he, he's like, on, on National Signing Day, he decides to, you know, meet with the Vikings. I mean, like, like what are you doing? This is the biggest day if you want any future with Michigan. Like, he was like, oh, I'm trying to fit the agenda of the NFL. Well, then you got to make a decision. You can't, like, <clears throat> that's horrible. If you're, if you're going to do that, then just leave the school. Like, what's the point of doing that? And then literally, like, the next day later saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay. It just kind of blows my mind how he wants to, you know, kind of, like, you know, blow off the team one day, but then just come back and be like, yeah, if you if you need me, I guess I'll stay. Just dude, uh, dude's mind doesn't really just make any sense to me. And it's just like, why, why would you want to go play for a man that isn't even committed to school? And, I mean, yeah, he's a Michigan man, whatever, but he's also a bum. And earlier in the week, he posted a picture. Guess who's in the background? A statue of Beauchamp Beckler. So that's another bum move because, I mean, he obviously still praises him. Even if, even if the dude, like, not even just whatever new stuff was going on, if he touched another kid, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, he probably had some reason to it. You know, he's a Michigan man. So whatever. Fuck Jim Harbaugh. I hate Michigan, but honestly, Jim Harbaugh makes it much harder to root for them. I, I don't. I don't think I would ever see myself rooting for them unless I went there. But yeah, I, I agree. My bum of the week is another college head coach, a man who I He has been a bum of the week before. He was Charlie's oh, yeah. bum of the week a couple yeah. weeks back. It is Brian Kelly. Mm. Now I have a very specific reason why he is. The bum of the week. Brian Kelly, you know, he's in LSU. He's feeling he's feeling himself a little bit, all right? He thinks he is the man because he got, yeah, you know, LSU's a big job. He landed it. So he thinks he's this really sweet, hip, you know, up-to-the-trend guy. So he's recruiting this tight end, three-star tight end, Danny Lewis Jr. And they take a video together. And every time I see this video, I just start laughing because it's just so ridiculous. They're on that podium thing and they have the camera revolving around them and they're dancing and here's brian kelly behind this recruit just grinding up on this recruit you know like dancing out of doing like some weird gang signs i don't even know what he was doing brian kelly was just you know he was feeling himself he was just going all out trying to get this three-star recruit and this week that three-star recruit decided to commit to alabama university so Brian Kelly, not only did you make an absolute fool of yourself grinding up on a recruit, but he went to your rival's school. And Nick Saban actually commented on it. I didn't read the exacts, but he was um, he poked a little fun at Brian Kelly, of course. Brian Kelly, come on, man. What are you doing? I, I just could not believe this. It was just absolutely hilarious. One of the funniest things in sports I've seen in a while. Charlie, Charlie what do you think about Brian Kelly? <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of um, it was kind of embarrassing just to watch. He looked like a fool. I mean, there's just all respect I had for him is gone. He's just he's really the definition. Of tries to fit in with the culture, but ever if that's the culture you think it is, he's just a weird dude. Yeah, it was really really strange. If you haven't seen that video, 
definitely go look up. Just type, you know, Brian Kelly dancing with Danny Lewis Jr. It will for sure make you laugh. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Because I think we could say that Brian Kelly is probably the least, like, hip, like, up-to-trend guy, like, in that entire university. And here he is trying to do TikTok dances. Just not a great look for Brian Kelly at all. So we're going to transition here into our main segment. It is who is the GOAT of each individual sport? We got NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football in that order. We're just going to have, you know, a little bit of debate here and there, give our takes, and then we'll be done. To the NFL, I don't really think we need to spend much time on this. We, I mean, this should be consensus between both of us that Tom Brady is the GOAT of the NFL. Seven Super Bowl wins. I mean, multiple MVPs, all-time leader in passing yards and passing touchdowns. There is no debate. You know, a couple of years ago, you could debate, you know, Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. But now, after he won the Super Bowl with Tampa and after he passed Drew Brees for all-time passing yards, there's simply no debate. Tom Brady is the GOAT of the NFL. Charlie, I really hope you agree with me. 100%. There's really no debate anymore. He's surpassed that. And we can officially call him the goal for sure. Now, in the MLB, this is where it gets a little bit interesting here in the MLB because there's definitely five, six guys, you could say. If you, you know, put pitchers in there, two maybe, then you have, you know, upwards to eight guys you could consider for the spot. So, Charlie, I'm going to let you lead off here with the MLB. Who do you think is the greatest of all time to ever step on a baseball diamond? I think it is Babe Ruth, honestly. Mm. I mean, I think he was, I mean, he's kind of like, whatever, people who, you know, just started watching the MLB now, everyone's kind of heard of Shohei Otani. I mean, he's basically what Shohei Otani is, but he was shorter, fatter, and white, so I think that's a little more impressive. <laughs> so, honestly, that's why I have Babe Ruth one, just because that, no. I mean, he was, he was literally, for his time, he was putting up numbers that just doubled, tripled everyone. He was just doing it at such a bigger, you know, faster pace, could hit it farther, you know, hit it, you know, more at like hit better. Just he was just I mean, obviously compared to now, his stats are gonna look as good, but for his time, it was just crazy the records he was breaking at what pace too. Now, Charlie, do you think Babe Ruth could put up numbers in today's MLB? See, no, I really don't because it was like a hundred years ago, but I mean, if you want to go by that, I mean, like literally, there could be some. I mean, he was just one of the players that changed the game so much. And like, if you're going, I feel like for MLB, you have to go off time period, just because of the way technology and like steroids for a time too. Like, I feel like for the MLB, you really have to go off like in the section. You know what I mean? Because someone mm-hmm. in like you know like the steroid era might have hit more home runs than Babe Ruth. Doesn't make them better than Babe Ruth or someone now might hit the ball farther than Babe Ruth doesn't make him better just because you know there's just different technology and stuff so I'm not entirely sure that he would do great in today's game I think he'd be you know solid player but no I don't think he would I don't know if he you probably I, I'll say he'd make a couple all-stars but I wouldn't say he would be like one of the you know MVPs or you know one of the top guys in the league yeah you know there is also something else to add that 
you know, in today's MLB, there's a lot more analytics involved. Hitters are focused more on launch angle and exit velocity, and pitchers are throwing harder, and the balls are more juiced, so they go farther. Well, back in Babe Ruth's day, you know, the balls were not as juiced. They were heavier, and it was harder to hit home runs. And the pitchers were throwing slower, too, which makes it harder to hit home runs, too. So, actually, I mean, it's very impressive that—I mean, extremely impressive that Babe Ruth was able to hit as many home runs as he did, considering the time era as well. I agree with everything you said, Charlie. However, I have to go with a different man. I have to go with Barry Bonds. Yes, there was a little bit of steroid use, but like Charlie said, you have to look at the time. That was the time. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, you know, you can throw, uh, you know, Roger Clemens in there as well. I mean, it was just the time era, but one thing that people seem to forget Barry Bonds played in Pittsburgh before he played for San Francisco. And this man was an absolute beast for Pittsburgh as well. And this would have been pre-steroid Barry Bond. This man was hitting 30 home runs a season and stole 52 bases in a single season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was a gold glove winner for Pittsburgh. He was a 30 for 30 guy. That is extremely impressive. And then, of course, everybody knows he goes to San Francisco, wins seven MVPs. 762 home runs, 298 career batting average as well. But another stat that's incredibly impressive for Barry Bonds, eight-time gold glove. Yes, steroids will help you with hitting, but steroids don't necessarily help you with fielding. So I think that eight gold gloves for Barry Bonds is also one of the most impressive stats he put up. And he was 36 years old when he hit 73 home runs. 36 years old. Of course, steroids helped a little bit. But I just think... When you think of baseball, he has the most home runs, the most MVPs. He was, you know, stealing bases. He could field. He could really do it all. And I think, like Charlie said, you just have to look at the time. I think Barry Bonds is the GOAT of baseball, closely followed by Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. But I just cannot put anybody above Barry Bonds, to be honest with you, Charlie. No, I mean, that's fair. I just feel like, I mean, not only was Babe Ruth dominating hitting, you know, he was, he was, you know, doubling the numbers of the home runs people were hitting. I mean, he had 600 home runs from in like a span of like 13 years. And the closest behind him was like 300. And he also had a, a 2.2 ERA over mm-hmm. 1,200 innings, which is just insane to be able to have those numbers on the mound and hitting. Just It's just really incredible. Yeah, I think both these guys were just... Absolutely fantastic. I think I think it would be fair to put these guys one or one at one and two, and you can switch up the order. You know, whatever your opinion is, but I think these guys are certified number one and number two, in whatever order you want. NBA, Charlie. I don't want to get hung up on this one too much because we've had we had a whole episode dedicated to this uh, debate, and we've done it countless times. So I don't want to get too caught up on it. But NBA. Goat is probably the most heavily debated topic in all of sports, and it has been for, you know, five years or something now. It's really between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Yes, there's going to be those clowns who put Bill Russell or Larry Bird or Kareem or Wilt up there as well, but if you're being honest with yourself, it is 100% between Jordan or James. Charlie, I know you're going to say it, but... Who is the GOAT of the NBA? It's obviously LeBron. I'm not even going to talk about it. You can say yours. 
But there's really no debate. LeBron's the most dominant player. Yeah, Jordan will uh will will have the we'll have the accolades, sure. But Jordan was also on literally a super team for ten years. And yeah, you could say LeBron is too, but LeBron almost every team's a super team. There's like either half the league's a super team, the other half just sucks. So it's really like just comes down to pure talent. LeBron's just the better talented player. And yeah, maybe MJ's won a couple more chips. But LeBron has still been able to be a more dominant player. And it's really like, you know, LeBron James can do everything on both ends. And he's massive and could just, you know, pretty much do anything you need him to do. Yeah. MJ is my GOAT for basketball. 6-0 and in the finals where you have LeBron who lost to Dallas Mavericks in the finals. Who LeBron himself was, a, was also on multiple super teams. Um. Michael Jordan, I would say LeBron is the more polished offensive player, but I'd say Jordan is very close behind him. And I would say Jordan is the better defensive player. Jordan, multiple defensive player of the years. Jordan, I believe, is more clutch than LeBron, which comes up big. And I think these two, at this point, are very, very, very evenly matched. So it does just come down to your personal opinion. I think Michael Jordan revolutionized the game in a way that LeBron hasn't. I mean, I think Michael Jordan is the reason why the NBA is as popular as it was. I mean, back in the 90s, Jordan was a global superstar and in a way that we hadn't seen an NBA player be, you know, in in the past. So I think Jordan revolutionized the game. Of course, LeBron did too, but I do have Jordan as my GOAT for the NBA. Like I said, both of these guys very, very evenly matched. NHL, Charlie. I feel like this one's... I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the NFL and the NHL are two that you should have the same guy. This one's even more because it hasn't changed in, like, years. Because, you know, Tom Brady, maybe a couple years ago, was debatable. But this one, it's obviously Wayne Gretzky. There's nothing comes close to it. He shatters every record. I mean, there's really just no debating this one. There is no debating. Of course, you have, you know, the runner-ups would be Mario Lemieux. Um, Gordie Howe would be close, too. But, I mean, yeah, they just don't compare to Wayne Gretzky, four-time Stanley Cup winner, most points in NHL history. And a stat that I pulled up that I thought was really, really impressive, his plus-minus, of course, you have plus-minus in the NBA. But his plus-minus in the NHL was 520. I thought that was crazy. I mean, over his whole career, you know, that might seem not as great, but, I mean, in hockey, that's yeah, really, it's, really it's impressive. Yeah, hockey. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Wayne Gretzky is the undisputed GOAT of the NHL. So we're going to move on to college basketball. Now, this one, doing your research, you have a lot of different opinions on this. And I will say, looking at a bunch of lists, you know, Bleacher Report had one, ESPN, CBS. The top, once you get into, like, the top 25, all these players are – from the 1980s or, you know, further back. Obviously, in today's college basketball, you have a lot of one-and-dones, two-and-dones. Guys aren't playing three, four years, where back in the 70s and the 60s and the 80s, they were. They were playing four years, three years at a time. So this one is a little bit more interesting. Charlie, I would, I would love to hear who you yeah. have as your go. I think, I think this one is not... Is much debatable either. I think it's pretty obviously Kareem 
just just about all the records he was breaking and how good he was at UCLA. He only lost, I think, two games at UCLA or something, which is just crazy to think that he only lost two games in his whole college basketball career and he played 90, which just blows my mind. He um he literally, you know, made he was so good that he made the NCAA make a rule around him, which they banned dunking, and then he just developed his sky hook, and that's what he's known for to this day. I mean, whenever I do that little hook, I say cream. I mean, he's he's one of the most revolutionary players. He literally made a shot because he was too good. I think that just says something, and he was putting up crazy numbers. To me, he's the best player of all time. Charlie, I 100% agree with you. I also have Kareem as my GOAT. Three national championships, two-time player of the year, three-time consensus All-American. He averaged 26 points and 15 rebounds throughout his career. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Like you said, only two losses. I mean, that is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. A bunch of other guys are being mentioned. You know, Magic Johnson was up there. Michael Jordan was up there. Bill Walton was up there as well, which was pretty funny. But I think Kareem is 100% the go of college basketball. But I think you could absolutely debate that for sure. And Charlie, I believe we saved the best for last here. It's college football. Now, this, I was seriously contemplating like 15 different guys for this mantle because I mean, every year you have someone new who just absolutely is fantastic. You know, guys like Vince Young yeah. was up there. Johnny Manziel. Joe Burrow, his one season at LSU was enough to put him up there in contention. Baker Mayfield. I mean, these are just recent guys. You go further back, guys like Tim Tebow. I mean, Peyton Manning was fantastic, too. And just so many others that you could really pick one out of, you know, these 15 guys and that would be a really valid pick. But we have to choose one, Charlie. Charlie, very interested to hear who you chose. To me, I mean, th- this one's definitely, you know, could be debated just because of how much talent. I, personally, I'm taking Herschel Walker. Mm. Just because how much of a dominant running back he was. He was, you know, built like a tight end, but he could run, you know, obviously like a quick running back. And, he was just so big and so freakishly athletic, and he just put up insane numbers. Like, he had three straight seasons over 50 or 1,600 rushing yards. He had 15 touchdowns in all those seasons. I mean, won a Heisman. It was the last time Georgia won a national championship. It was his freshman year. I mean, just one of the most dominant. I mean, the, I think the most dominant running back college football and, to me, the best player in college football history. That, that's valid. Herschel Walker was up there as well for me. But there was one guy who was a little bit ahead of everyone else for me. This man is a avid Christian. He is a lefty. He is famous in the NFL for his signature celebration. He was a you know internet sensation back, I don't even know what year that was, 2012, 2011. My GOAT of college football is Tim Tebow from the Florida Gators. Tim Tebow was absolutely fantastic in his college career. Played under Urban Meyer at Florida. 
He won two national championships with the Gators. He won the Heisman in 2007, which was his best season. He was also the player of the year. Two-time Maxwell Award, 2008 SEC Offensive Player of the Year. He was ridiculous in college. He threw for 9,000 passing yards, 88 passing touchdowns, and only 16 interceptions, which I was very, very shocked to see that he threw that few interceptions. That is absolutely ridiculous. And also, he ran for 2,500 yards and ran for 57 touchdowns in his career. 57 touchdowns in four seasons. Three seasons as a starter, I should say. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I think his 2007 season is the greatest single season in college football history. Yes, you could put Joe Burrow's 2019 up there. It's very, very close. But I think Tim Tebow edges him out just a little bit. In 2007, he won the national championship. He won the Heisman. He won the player of the year. He threw for 3,200 yards through the air, 32 passing touchdowns as well. Those are solid numbers through the air. And then you see him running for 23 touchdowns. Are you kidding me? 23 rushing touchdowns as a quarterback? That doesn't happen. Lamar Jackson is the closest to that. But Lamar wasn't even as avid of a, as a, of a passer through the air as Tim Tebow was. That's absolutely ridiculous what he did in that 2007 season. That 2007 season alone would be enough to put him in the top 15. And then he had two more fantastic seasons right after that. Tim Tebow is my goat of college football. Yes, you could definitely debate someone else. But, I mean, Tim Tebow was just absolutely amazing in college. Some other guys up there. Vince Young was up there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive players. Who, who was I? Um, oh, I, I didn't uh, really see many defensive players up there. Maybe a couple. Uh, not Dynamic and Sue. He wasn't. He was, like, around no. 40-ish. I mean, you could put... Ed Reed, maybe, up near the top. But definitely most of them were offensive players. Reggie Bush is another guy I was forgetting about. Reggie oh, Bush was amazing for USC. And I, I think mean, they, recently... Like, even like Lamar, ja- I mean, Lamar Jackson, not like, I don't think, you know, top 10 even. But, I mean, he had just crazy college career. I mean, he won the MVP, put up, I mean, I or not whatever, the MVP, the Heisman. And put up just pretty mm-hmm. similar numbers another year. Just didn't get recognized for it because, you know, it was kind of like Westbrook when he won the MVP for triple-doubles. He did the same stats the next year. Just, you know, people already kind of were tired of it because they already saw it the year before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every year in college football, there is someone new who's just, you know, incredible. This year, it was Bryce Young. Absolutely fantastic. You had Joe Burrow a couple of years ago. Lamar, like you said, Johnny Football, he was definitely top 10 for sure on, you know, if I were to make a list. But yeah, I got to give it to Tim Tebow. Charlie, before we finish here, this is, you know, a little bit related to college football. Who is, who was your favorite college football player to watch? That is not a Michigan State Spartan or a Notre Dame. Dang. Along. Man, I really got to think. I mean, First, I was just maybe I was thinking about it, but Lamar really pops in my mind, just because how dominant he really was at Louisville, and it was like he kind of made me fall in love with like running quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Before that, I mean, I just kind of all I knew was from the NFL was 
you know, just the stable, motionary, whatever guys. But after watching Lamar, it really just changed, like, the mindset for me. It's just so much more fun to watch a quarterback who's athletic, who can not only make big, deep passes, but then also scramble for 30 yards, make guys miss, hurdle. I mean, for me, Lamar, Lamar, and then other, I was just, it was just coming into my mind, would be uh, Saquon. Saquon was, mm, like, yes. probably one of my, besides Lamar, probably my favorite college football player to watch. He was just so dominant. He was, like, so athletic. I mean, people really thought he was going to be, like, the, one of the best football players of all time, which, I mean, he could still be have a great career, but it's just been tough from so far in the NFL. Yeah. There's a couple guys that come to mind for me, too. Jamar Chase was so much fun to watch at LSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Burrow was as well. Lamar was, you know, incredible. There's another guy, and I'm now blanking. I mean, J- Johnny Manziel was, I mean, so much fun to watch. But there is one guy for me that stands above everyone else. And I think once I say his name, you will agree with me, Charlie. Marcus Mariota was oh yeah my favorite player to watch. That's just That's so lovely. electric. He played at Oregon. They were always just dripped out. So, you know, he had the swag. And he was also a dual-threat quarterback like Lamar. Just so much fun to watch. Marcus Mariota, I would, I would always tune into his games. I just absolutely loved watching him play. I was really sad when he didn't prosper in the NFL with Tennessee or with Las Vegas. Like, you know, we would have hoped he would because he was just so fantastic in college. He was definitely – I mean, obviously, my favorite would, would, would be Connor Cook if I was allowed to pick a Spartan or, you know, Jeremy Langford or Kenneth Walker. But going outside of Michigan State, it has to be Marcus Mariota. He, just so much fun to watch. And I want, I want to flip this to college basketball now, Charlie. Mm-hmm. But I will let you choose a Spartan for this because I, I think yeah. we're going to have a similar take. Oh, that's so, I mean, like, literally, like, it just, it just gets better every year for, like, Michigan State basketball. I mean... For me personally, you might say this too. I mean, it, it had to be Cassius Winston, mm-hmm. just because I kind of already knew him before. Um, you know, obviously being from around here, he was from around here too. Went to U of D, so I went to a couple of his high school games, and so obviously going into it, I was just rooting for him. I, I like it was crazy. Like going into his career, I was just you know like wow, it's crazy. Cassius Winston's playing on Michigan State. Like, like I that that before that, I was a State fan. Like big basketball fan, but when Cassius Winston joined the team, I really started to watch like every single game. Before that, I would watch their big games and you know most of the games. But when Cassius joined, that was like I was like, dang, I gotta watch every game to watch him play. He just he was just someone I already knew before, and one of like the best players I'd ever seen play in high school. And I was like, this 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 guy's special. And so I started watching him play. And then when he started breaking out sophomore year, was really blew my mind. And then junior year, he had one of the best seasons in Michigan State history so that was um that was something special for me oh yeah without a doubt for me as well it's Cassius Winston but I have a sleeper for you Charlie mm-hmm. who's on the team this year Max Christie I all right no really... he's not there stop he's Listen, not there I, he's a sleeper next season if he stays could be I he's not saying he's watch. gonna go top 10 I, I watched him I went to the Michigan game he was so much fun to watch you know, multiple corner threes, just lighting it up. A couple of nice fadeaways, too. So, I yeah, really I mean, enjoy watching Yeah, sleeper, but, I mean, if if I'm going to go, like, second place, it might have to be, like... No, 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 not no. second place. I'm not no, I'm I know. sleeper. I guess, but, like, he just doesn't have that facilitating factor, if you know what I mean. 
Is that what you like? You like the facilitator? I like a guy who can, like, make plays and also, like, be a part of a play, but also, like, I really like a facilitator guy. Like, you know, like, the star, like, Denzel. Um, yeah. Like, even, like, Gabe Brown can be really electric and play great defense. Miles too. Bridges. Yeah, Miles Bridges is one of the most electric players, but, like... Matt McQuaid. Honestly, like, Matt McQuaid. Was... Yeah, yeah, Matt McQuaid. But that, that's, that's, like, the corner guy, you know what I mean? That's the corner guy, yeah. So. There have been just, yeah, a ton of greats. But, yeah, I mean, Cassius Winston for me is also, like, way ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. I will say Max Christie. I do really – out of the players on the team right now, I do enjoy watching Max Christie play I'm going sleeper. Joey Hauser. <laughs> Stop. No, no, not Joey Hauser. He's probably, he's probably the player I least enjoy watching. No, he's, he's gotten just, a lot better this year, though. I, from the beginning. No, he had one good game against Michigan. He clamped up Hunter Dickinson, which was incredible. But, no, I, I hate watching it play. He's so annoying. He pulls up so many threes, like, unnecessarily that he can't hit. He uh, never shoots the ball when he's open in the paint. No. You know who, Joey really, Hauser, um, definitely not. who really impressed me a lot more this year than last year was uh, A.J. Hogard. Yeah, last year he um I just I was like why is he playing at all? Didn't like I was like I mean Rocket Watch obviously was a struggle last year, but I was like I really don't want to see him get in like he's just not a good point guard and then this year he just totally like reformed his body too he just is way more athletic he's just a much better point guard too he looks like an actual point like he like he's built and he's just a much better player. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree for sure. That is all we have for you guys today. This has been episode 56 of the Just Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Charlie, it has been a pleasure. As always, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me, Will. Always, always, Charlie. Make sure you go follow us on Instagram at Just Sports Pod. We post a bunch of stuff on there, so you definitely don't want to miss it. Go follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow us. No, no. Do not follow us on TikTok. Follow us on we TikTok don't have a TikTok anymore. No, we don't. We Just don't have Sports a TikTok broadcast. anymore. No, he changed. He changed the username. Jack Bardis, if you remember, it's no longer Just Sports Podcast. It is like something about Fortnite. So don't follow that. We're not associated with that let's anymore. See, let's see what it's called. So, so just go follow us on Instagram. That's about all we've got right now, and YouTube, if you want to do that. But uh, as Charlie pulls up that, I'm interested to see what it's, it's, it's not just for the podcast. It's like, it is. I don't know what he's posting on there. It's like Fortnite stuff. It's, just, it's, it's humorous. Oh, shoot. I don't even know. Like, I don't we know. Yeah, we no longer have a TikTok, though. Just, just so you guys know. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's Gamer Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jack Barris, ladies and gentlemen. That is, <laughs> that is, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you you can go follow that if you want. He posts some I funny mean, videos. It's just there, gay so. ass. It's kicked off team. <laughs> Part one, two, three, four, and five. So so yeah, that's the entertainment you're into. Go follow that. But um, our only official account would be the Instagram. So uh, make sure you follow that. Make sure you listen to some of our older episodes. They're all fantastic. But uh, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. This has been episode 56 of the Just Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Gardner, signing off.